This is episode number 112. How can we truly lift each other up as opposed to hiding behind a false skin of interdependence with Mila Dichant? Welcome. My name is Oleg Lokhid, and this is the Overcoming Outs podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make two brief announcements regarding our upcoming events and our weekly virtual meetup called Courageous Conversations. On April 25th through April 26th, we'll be hosting our first event in Philadelphia called Survive to Thrive. This is an opportunity where you'll get a chance to hear from speakers from all over the country who have dealt with similar circumstances as it connects to the larger theme, and are there to share their insights and their knowledge and their wisdom as far as how they've been able to go from one, and that is survival, to thriving in today's day and age. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events to find more details on that particular experience. The second part of the announcement that I wanted to make is in regard to our weekly conversations called Courageous Conversations. This is an opportunity for you to be involved within our current community and discuss a topic on a weekly basis that matters most to us. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today where you will be able to find information on how to join and when these conversations take place. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Ads podcast. Today's guest is someone that I met a couple of weeks to a couple of months ago, and her and I shared this mutual understanding and a connection to humanity. And just really, um, there's just so many topics that we wanted to dive into and we'll continue to dive into with our 2.0 and 3.0 and 4.0 versions of this podcast and all the other ones that I was able to be on her show. Her name is Mila Dichant. And I wanted to have her on this show to share her experience of um, the, the journey that she has traveled to date and be able to really create this space where all of us can mutually accept each other for where we are and for who we are and create this place of understanding um, of each other as human beings that can be a contribution to each other's lives, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the events that we went through. And so I really just wanted to have you on the show, Mila, to give you an opportunity to share your story and your insights and your wisdom and what you chose to do with your particular experiences. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Oleg. Thank you for having this space, hosting this space, and not just having me, right? Enabling so many other voices Mm -hmm. and sharing your journey. Um, It's been such... An honor getting to know you as a person as well. We have had really great conversations. I call it epic, powerful conversations. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you. Thank you for being a part of this. And, you know, for those that are not familiar with who you are and and your journey to begin with, I would like to pose this um, rather loaded question that I think all of us get asked far too often. And, um, 
And that question is, who are you? So if you were to ask that question, knowing who you are today, how would you describe yourself? Well, I always like to tell people I am the moustache dancer. And it, 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 <laughs> it's ridiculous as it sounds, the moustache dancer, right? There's a reason, there's a story behind why I call myself the moustache dancer. There's actually a dance that I created called the moustache dance. This was years ago. I was on the dance floor with a few of my friends dancing. And whenever I dance, I like to dance alone. I don't like dancing with men or anything. I just, you know, dance really aggressively and really weirdly and funnily. And this random guy came right behind me and started humping me. And I felt really violated in a sense that I did not invite that kind of behavior uh, just because I'm dancing by myself does not invite you, give you the invitation to come into my space and, uh, you know, rub your stupid bloody sausage on, on me, on my bum. No, I felt mm-hmm. violated. I felt that my space was intruded and just, it, I, it was just so spontaneous. I turned around to him and I started doing these aggressive movements like clapping and putting my finger underneath you to symbolize as a moustache and you know, pumping my fist and swinging and pointing at him. At that moment, he interpreted that whole dance as a Nazi dance, but that made him back away from me and give me back my space. So I felt that that was a form of my empowerment, right? That was a form of taking back my voice, my right, my, my, my space again. And that is how I've always been in any part of my life, any challenges that I've faced, any kind of a roadblock that I've faced. The moustache dancer comes out in me where I reclaim my voice, I reclaim my identity, I flip the narrative from a negative to a positive. Now, I have been through adversities uh, throughout my life, but those adversities have made me who I am today. Uh, the stronger me, like the more vocal me, like the more um, outgoing me, right? And I always share the story with anyone whom I've uh, come across, and it's not a sign of weakness, but I like to tell people my story because I want to share with them that that's hope for them as well. I was part of a corporate tenure for a two uh, for three years, right? And it was a huge Fortune 500 company. I, I want to be as transparent as possible. It was with Amazon Web Services. Now, this is in no way to defame the company, but it is to bring light to the experiences that is going in the organization that is caused by people. So I was in a very toxic this course environment where all I had was I was not good enough for two and a half years all I had was you're not good enough you're for you know you can't speak English you can't take directions you are not good enough to be a global program manager you're only good enough to be a package person in the warehouse to to have my worth reduced by people of privilege, when I say people of privilege, these were coming from white female in their 40s or in their 50s. And that's the dominant voice, that's the dominant culture that I have seen or most people see where oppression comes from. And, And 
for two and a half years, I believed that that was my reality. Mila was actually the person who can't speak English, who is a foreigner, who can't articulate, who can't present, who can't do bigger things. That to hear that every single day, and if I challenged those voices, work would be dumped on me, right? I worked 16 to 18 hour days, seven days a week. And if I didn't complete something, I would see the repercussions of it. It was always, it was always my fault to a point when I reached out to the HR department, they said, oh, I know your managers, they are not like that. The problem is with you, you need to make a change. So when I asked for resources, resources were not given to me, right? It, it was just a blanket link as to go figure things out. And the thing was, I quickly realized that I was set up for failure and not for success. And I knew, quickly identified what was going on. Because all those distractions were created while well, my managers would say, focus on A, okay, stop A, go to D, stop on D, focus on C, stop on C, focus on A, stop on A, go back to B. And they wrote me up in such a way that I was not able to complete anything. And I, I immediately realized what was going on. I started documenting everything. I quickly told myself, I need to get out of this funk, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and I started fighting in ways where I was not fighting against them, but I was fighting in ways when they told me not to do something, I'll complete it. And I'll make sure that I'll bring light to my allies, right? But that toxic environment really triggered a traumatic experience, traumatic time in my childhood where I was abused by my teacher every single day, physically, emotionally, mentally. Where she would slap me, she would pull my hair, slam me against the wall and tell me, Mila, you're stupid, you'll grow up to be a new one. And that experience that I encountered during my corporate tenure brought back flashbacks of my childhood. And then I realized during my corporate tenure, as I stood on top of the building ready to take away my life, I recalled the Mila, the moustache dancer. How did I overcome everything? That was my identity. I was the person who marched forward regardless of any kind of struggles, football, rejections. And that is what I reminded myself, no, I need to bring the moustache dancer back. Because for two and a half years, my identity was erased. My confidence got corroded. My voice got eliminated because of all the external actions that was taken by my managers imposing on me. Mm -hmm. And, And then when I finally said no, I got reminded of, yeah, Mila, the moustache dancer is back. So in short, Mina is the moustache dancer who flips the scripts and finds opportunities in challenges, roadblocks, rejection. And, and she continuously flips the scripts, not just for herself, but for people around her who do not have the courage to have a voice. You know, you have such an interesting story. And the reason why I say that is because ever since being connected with you, I've been able to see the growth in in the transformation of who you are as an individual. And I think what's been really fascinating for me to see is that I've always been someone who chooses to actively put myself in situations where I can grow from, right? I think growth happens from those opportunities where we can step into the unknown. And even though we may not know the outcome, we just know that the outcome in a way has already served its purpose because you're 
decided to commit to who you are in the journey. And I see that with within you, every single ta- every single time I get on platforms like LinkedIn or wherever else it may be that you and I are connected, I can see the transparency and the authenticity of the challenges that you have faced and continue to face. And yet you're willing to put yourself out there to not only help yourself to document the process and, and you know, rewrite that narrative that you thought was possible to you, but also invite other people as part of that journey. So my question to you is this, why do you choose to lift up others? In a very simplistic way, I would say it does not cost anything to lift others up. It does mm-hmm. not cost a shilling. It does not cost a million dollars. It does not even cost $10, not even one dollar to lift someone else up, right? And why do I choose to do that is because I have gone through such adversity. I know the struggles of, of not having that ally, of not having that support system, right? And, and also, you know, like during my journey, I've gone through meeting people. Sometimes when you are struggling, mm-hmm. you meet people with so many masks, so many facets of, of masks, where they put on facades, like saying that, okay, let me help you. Let me help you. And they create this illusion as to they capitalize on your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. They capitalize on your weakness. For them, they see it as a weakness. And that's what I had encountered continuously trying to overcome my obstacles during my journey. And then it quickly hit me as to why can't people lift each other up genuinely? No strings attached. When I say no strings attached, as in there's no social exchange, there's no exchange, nothing. The only exchange is love, gratitude, kindness, empathy and not translate that in a very physical way right or on a status way because every time when i approached people asking for help or asking how can i solve this i need some support because anytime you're struggling you need that human support to lift you up to give you a better perspective so i encountered a lot of people like oh i can be a mentor but you have to pay me this Mm. or Oh, you're creating this? Okay, um, why not you give me a board position in your podcast? Like, it's always like a social exchange. You do something for me, then only can I help you. And then I had this thing as to what, what if we shifted that whole fiscal exchange, that status exchange, that ego exchange to exchange as in kindness, empathy, compassion, understanding, real connection, listening, all the facets, all the assets that truly lift someone else up. So that's why I, I created different platforms, like podcasts is one of it. So mm-hmm. I've always wanted to bring in people who are not well-known. That's one of the aspects that I work on consistently, making the invisible visible. Why should we always go to CEOs or uh, interview someone who is already having tons of followers on LinkedIn or Instagram, right? Right. And that's how I strive (laughs) because everyone has got something to share. 
everyone has got something important that might not resonate with Tom, Dick or Larry, but might resonate with Billy or Timmy or Jim, right? So that's the whole point of me wanting to lift someone else up via the actions I do. I create weekly, uh, bi-weekly masterminds for women, you know, immigrant women, women who are struggling. And that's not to, 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 uh, to promote myself, but I truly know what the struggles are as an immigrant, as a POC, in a living in America, as, as women who have undergone all the struggles with pay gap, with gender gap. You know, there's nothing. I don't, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't charge anyone anything. It's just done out of, because I know what I've struggled with. I identified the importance of having an ally, a support group, no matter, even the support looks like, do you need a connection? Let me connect to you with, or like, you know, like if someone wants to be on a podcast and I tell them, okay, why is it important for you to be on a podcast? Because they want to share their story to impact someone else. Okay, let me connect to you with, or like, or if someone wants to know about, okay, how can I connect with someone whom I can just have a heart to heart talk? Let me connect to you with Annalie, you know, where she knows how to navigate through all the multitudes of struggles. So kindness or lifting someone else up is not just about, okay, let me give you a job. Let me get something out of you and then I'll help you. Uh-huh. You know, lifting someone else can come in granular, nuanced ways, even buying someone tea, buying someone a meal, right? Um, every day I strive or every week I strive to buy lunch for someone or tea for someone. When I'm in the tea shop, I pay it forward and let me get you your tea to a complete stranger because we never know what someone else is going through. Yeah. And all it takes is kindness and empathy. And kindness is not about, oh, I'm being nice. Kindness is about absolutely being considerate as to what someone else is going through, considerate in not hurting them, considerate in thinking from a very extended lens as to what they might be going through and just giving that gesture without being asked. So that's why I continuously... In my everyday effort, I try to lift someone else up, even by giving my time 15 to 30 minutes to, to listen to someone. Mm. You know, you spoke briefly about having people in your life or, or meeting people in your life that um, you never know who's going to inspire the other one, right? And you never know who may be a contribution to someone else's life wherever they are along that journey. I'm curious to know in your life, was there a person or a group of people that inspired you to be who you are today and to do and pursue this, this journey and this path that you are on? Yeah, absolutely. I'll be lying if I say, oh, no one, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> King Mila. No, but there's so many people, right? I truly believe that everyone who has crossed my path mm-hmm. for the good or for the bad, they have contributed to who I am today. Like even those managers who were so toxic, who pushed me to commit suicide, right? Their actions pushed me to commit suicide. They, even they contributed to whom I am today because I feel that we grow continuously 
right? We grow continuously every single day from our environment, or from our experiences, people. But some of the people I want to highlight would be, um, of course, my parents, right? They have consistently uh, told me to to fight, to fight what the norm is, to challenge paradigms, you know, and at any time where I hit a plateau, I had to push that plateau and challenge that plateau again. Um, you know, my dad passed away four years ago, but he would always uh, tell me, you know, just because you are a female does not mean that you can't do anything that a male does. Mm. He was the one who pushed me to um, study engineering, chemical engineering. Mm -hmm. He was the one who pushed me to explore my opportunities in the military, even though I didn't get accepted. Um, but my mom too, you know, my mom would always expose me to different facets of, you know, how can we approach people? How do we see people for whom they are? Um, you know, and and they played an imperative role, but as I grew and I started lived in different parts of the world, my dad was a huge advocate of, you know, you have to live in different places, let it be towns, cities, countries, states, you have to push yourself because cultures and people evolve, right? Even though that they are sad, they evolve because everyone within a culture, they will challenge each other. Mm -hmm. So he, my parents were always uh, would always tell us to go live in other places, but do not grasp grasp onto what you see for the first time because that will change in five years, ten years, twenty years, and come back again to see how it has evolved. So, my parents were huge contributors to who I am today, and also my professors. Right, uh, I, I remember in my secondary school. Oh my God, Mrs. Yip was her, her, her name. She was my chemistry teacher and she played a huge influence. And she always said, I see, she always told me this. She was saying, Mila, I see something great in you. Do not undermine your soul. Because at the age of um, 15, 16, I was a bulimic, right? Because I believed what my classmates would tell me I'm fat and ugly. I'm dark um, because beauty was misconstrued. When I say misconstrued, it was celebrated from a very singular plane. So mm. this teacher, my chemistry teacher, would always say, there's something unique in you. I see greatness in you and I wish you can see your greatness as well. So she would give me a lot of opportunities going back to the point of why we should lift each other up without that social exchange or uh -huh. physical exchange or status or ego exchange. She was the first, second one besides my parents introduced me to how enabling others does not cost a thing. Right? She gave me so many opportunities where I would, I actually moderated a, a debate and I, I was so nervous, right? I was so nervous. I was thinking, I, I'm not qualified. And this is what my chemistry teacher, Mrs. Yip, said. There's no such thing as whether you're qualified or not qualified. How will you know that you're not qualified if you do not try it? Mm -hmm. If someone says that you're not qualified, they are looking it from the alliance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my parents, um, Mrs. Yip, my chemistry teacher, and when I, when I uh, did engineering, 
another uh, professor was the head of the department of chemical engineering was Dr. Cecilia Chong. She lives in Britain, but all those people impacted my life. Uh, another professor, Dr. Kindis, you know, when I went back to learn about human science in Wisconsin, there are so many people who contributed, who constantly reminded me as to there's greatness in you. Do not let anyone else dim your light. So when this negativity happened during my corporate tenure, I got reminded of all those voices who lifted me up saying, you have greatness in you. Do not dim anyone else's light. And it made me realize people who dim someone else's life, they do not see their potential. It's easy to defame characters. It's easy to put a bulb out to make yourself shine better. So people, my parents, like my professors, like my teachers, like my friends, uh, Anna Lee, and even yourself, like, like, you know, you have contributed to who I am today because I'm not the same me as I am. Like two months ago, I met you last year. Yeah. <clears throat> right? Uh, even you, you have tremendously changed. So mm -hmm. I feel that how we lift each other up is through our actions, through our support, through this, you know, right, having conversations. So... Yeah, everyone, and like I mentioned, all those people, yourself and Amelie too, have contributed to who I am today. It's There's a difference between where people say, oh, your identity has shifted, you do not know who I am, you've got uh, multiple uh, personalities, but personality is so different than your identity, whom you are. Your personality changes too, but... To be the me uh, who I am today, it's a journey of multiple people who contributed that support and who became my ally and said, we support you because who you are, we support you despite our disagreements, we support you despite whatever you're going through, ups or downs. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Speak to us a little bit more about the differences that you just mentioned between the identities and personalities, because I think it's an important note to acknowledge mm -hmm. because of the conversations that we sometimes face. I face them as well, as far as the different stages of growth that I was able to go through. And then people would look at me and say, what, what's wrong with you? You know, why you were this person and now you're this person. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm choosing to just grow into it. And sometimes you don't know, <laughs> the the different outcomes that become a part of that growth right so tell us a little bit more about what you think as far as the different the differences between the two and how were you able to embrace both as part of your journey absolutely so personalities and identities are, are two different things at the same time it can intertwine and I've had multiple identities and multiple personalities. It does not mean that uh, some people will say, oh, you're cuckoo or you're bipolar or you've got a personality disorder. But our personalities depends and changes, at least for me and, and just based on my research, right? Because as a child, I was very quiet. I was very shy. And when I was exposed to abuse right my personality shifted to become this very quiet very meek person mm -hmm. i dare not speak i dare not speak about what was on my mind because every time i speak i would get reminded 
that I'm stupid by my teacher or by my friends because <clears throat> what my teacher said my friends believed in front of all a class of 40 people right 40 students but personality is in such a way is I look at it as according to my life journey according to the experiences that I experienced let it be good or bad my personality changes for example when I was undergoing <coughs> excuse me that abuse, that traumatic abuse during my childhood, mm-hmm. that bubbly child in me became very moot. Where I, I was so bubbly, I, I would love to run, draw, right? I, I would crack jokes with my friends. But having that experience made me become a very depressed child. I would mm-hmm. not speak with anyone. I would sit alone and eat lunch because no one wanted to be friends with me. And when I come back home, I, I could not find myself, right? I could not have that bubbly self. I could not crack jokes. And when I went into secondary school, I became this personality where I was bubbly because I found who I am again. And it's not an identity thing. It plays with a little bit of identity, but the more I heard reassuring things from my teachers, right, where they say, we see greatness in you, and that gave me more confidence, more confidence as to, okay, I can be myself. This is my identity, the strong Mila. The stronger I came through, through opportunities, right? Like lifting each other up. Mm-hmm. Like my teacher gave me so many opportunities. It doesn't cost anything. The more I embraced it, my confidence became stronger and I saw myself, this is the stronger Mila, this is a Mila who can do anything and everything. I became more articulate. I became more confident in organizing or leading group activities in my classrooms. Mm-hmm. I became the um, counselor, student counselor, right? So those are all the identities that I inherited as to Mila, the student leader, Mila, the uh, moderator in a debate, Mila, who can organize and get people together. That confidence went up and my personality became more bubbly. I was more fun. I regained that Mila, that childhood Mila, who loved to crack jokes, that that came back in me, right? And then during my adulthood, when my dad passed away and my dad passed away during the time where I was undergoing all this toxic environment right in my corporate tenure when my dad passed away it came as a shock to me I lost a pillar you know when you have a building standing in all pillars mm-hmm. and one pillar crashes you feel the building tilts and that's exactly how I felt I my personality was no longer bubbly. My personality was no longer outgoing. I, I kind of like, it was more like a snail, right? Who goes underneath the shell. That's exactly how I felt. I did not want to mingle around with anyone. I was under depression. I didn't want to engage in conversations. I was undergoing grief. And that grief made me lose my confidence. That confidence made me lose part of my identity because part of my identity was built up by my parents saying that you can do anything that you want. 
you can go places the identity that compa- compounded to who i am mm-hmm. was triggered by my parents where they said go live in different places go travel to different places learn about different cultures mm-hmm. all those minute pieces compounded to who i am and i felt that when i lost my dad that part of identity kind of not got eliminated but felt as if it was like a page you tear the page into half mm-hmm. and one of the half you bury it deep down in the ground that's how i felt and at the same time what was going on in my corporate tenure right to hear that you're not good enough you can't speak english kind of played tug of war between my head and my mind right uh my sorry my heart and my mind where i kept on saying is this true is this true but what about the mila that i grew up what about the mila that was a month ago before my dad passed away mm-hmm. and the more i heard that i realized and i believed the lies that they were saying that became my reality the reality became my identity and that directly impacted my personality again i was not the bubbly self i was not the articulate self because the stress the stress impacted my brain cells and the scientific evidence has stress can disconnect your brain cells and may and make you feel as though you can't think clearly can't think critically so mm. I I feel that your personality and your identity can be intertwined but at the same time as we go through situations and phases in our lives our personality can change right you can have your core as like I share like the core was for me to be bubbly right uh, and how we are based on our situations so and our environments the people who we come across or the experience that we go through we can become happy or sad or take a, a really traumatic turn where you know uh, people who experience war or really traumatic things their personality can change as well and then identity constantly shifts it can be whether you identify with religion which political party do you identify with so you pick up different beliefs and you compound it onto yourself and your identities can change mm. as you become older whether you reject accept certain beliefs ideologies so that's how i see identities and personalities it can be intertwined but those are two different things that can grow change and evolve mhm I love asking this next question and the reason why is because I think it's important to acknowledge people that have had an impact in our lives through the lens and the light that we choose to see them as and it sounds like in your particular case your your dad your father had a big role in helping you become who you are today so my question to you is this if you were given one word or one sentence to describe who your dad is what would that be one word or one sentence hmm wow <laughs> so many words coming into my head so but i want to give him one <laughs> i well i would say that he was fearless he was fearless in such a way where he challenged a lot of paradigms he challenged people who said no to him who said no to his family he challenged um even 
ideologies that the government imposed, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Like if, because there are so many rules and regulations to control people. But my dad would always say, no one can control you. Only you have the power to control yourself. Mm. So I would, I, I would say my dad was fearless. My, my dad broke a lot of paradigms, challenged a lot of paradigms, and he encouraged me to do the same. Challenge paradigms, because when you do not challenge paradigms, you adopt that identity that someone else imposes on you. As you And then your personality changes. Yeah. Final thought for today's episode. And this is a question that I started to recently ask some of our guests to come onto the show. And the reason why is because I was actually inspired and I guess you could say influenced by a book that I recently started to read called The Art of Possibility. And one of the chapters, the most recent chapter I read is called Be a Contribution. And I think it's a very important question for me. It is that I choose to ask people. And the reason why is because I think it helps us understand this whole concept of impact and not focus so much on the numbers. Because I know for me, the challenge for many years was actually, I didn't feel like I was making an impact because I wasn't impacting X number of people compared to some of the other people that were impacting thousands and thousands of of others. And so my question to you is this, how can you be a contribution to someone else's life today? How can we be a contribution to someone else's life today? Mm-hmm. That question is such a deep question, right? Most people, when they hear contribution, mm-hmm. the term contribution, they automatically relate it to fiscal Right? How can we contribute? Because when you think about contribution, always like from a physical stance, how much money can you give me? Mm-hmm. Or when you look at it from a work plane, what are you contributing to the team? It's always measured. Everything is so measurable. So, but we, when we look at a lens of connection, right? Hardship, um, overcoming odds, mm-hmm. we have to look at it from a lens of how can we contribute to lift each other up? So there are so many ways that we can contribute to enable people and situations. The first thing I would say is give a listening ear. Give a listening ear with an open mind. No judgment, no expectation, erase your expectation. The problem with a lot of people nowadays is that the the notion of ever now culture, and I share ever now culture because I did some research on how we live today. Mm-hmm. Ever now culture as in the seduction of I want more followers now. I want people to help me now. Mm-hmm. I want this document now. I want this assignment. This is due now. And everything is now, 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 now. We have forgotten how to contribute, connect, listen in the now. So I would say the biggest contribution that you can give is your time. I'm not saying one hour. 15 minutes, listen to someone. Say, how can I be of resource to you? That is the most important asset we can offer someone. How can I be a resource to you and listen to what they are saying and not listen to what you want to say next? Mm. That is the biggest contribution we can start with to enable others. Mm. 
I love that. The art of listening. Mila, how do people find you? And what are some of the things that you have coming up that people can be a part of? Absolutely. They can find me on LinkedIn. I moved away from Instagram because it was, call, it was causing me anxiety. So you can find me on LinkedIn, Mila Duchamp, D-E-C-H-A-N-T, um, and be part of my community. You know, follow me at me. And I host weekly or bi-weekly calls. Mm-hmm. It's free calls. All we do is act as a sounding board for each other, um, help each other, you know, come and talk and, you know, seek what kind of help you need and we will find, figure a way how to help you. That's one way that I extend my help. Second way I extend my help is uh, through my podcast to give you a voice. So if you want to share your story, if uh, you know you have got something really unique that you want to share, like reach out to me. Those are some things that I help my community to become stronger. Mm. I love that. I love everything that you're doing. I love everything that you stand for. You know, I think that's the most important part um, is that you chose and continue to make a stand for who you are and what you believe in. And I think in, in today's day and age, I think that's one of the biggest things um, that I, that I admire about people is that regardless of the pressure and the, the peer influence that we receive you know, we still choose to stand for what we believe in and what we believe is right because at the end of the day, whatever it is that you're doing, it is right. No one should be able to tell you it's wrong because they're not walking your shoes. They're not walking your path and they're not experiencing your own life. So I appreciate everything that you do and, and choose and continue to inspire other people to be the best that they can be with what they know and who they know instead of constantly chasing for those things and thinking that they need more and more and more in order to be who they already are. So I appreciate you for coming on and sharing your, your wisdom and your knowledge and, and everything that you've done. Thank you. Thank you Oleg for having me. Uh, it's, it's very humbling to share the space with you uh, just based on, you know, knowing you for the past uh, few months and you're doing fantastic things. It's always a humbling moment to to speak with someone, share the platform with someone like you. You have done such noble things, right? And you're making the invisible visible in your space, which I truly mm-hmm. appreciate. I, I think that everyone should be doing that in to their capacity, right? Making the invisible visible. And I thank you for being my friend. When I say my friend, we've actually had real conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I truly value you and thank you from the bottom of my heart for enabling so many people in your community. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to join us on our weekly conversations every Saturday from 9 to 10 a.m. Central Time called Courageous Conversations. This is an opportunity for you to further connect with this community and learn more about who you are. This is an opportunity for you to further dive into topics that matter most to you. If you'd like to know more information on how you can join this particular tribe, go ahead and leave us a message 
on overcomingodds.today. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we'll look forward to having you next week.